Hi everyone, it's Toya Nomura, and you're listening to Lunastream. Our shared goal for this podcast is to create a public forum for second generation to discuss their opinions, form stimulating conversations about our movement, and to bring the ideas of the young people to the forefront of the wider conversation. On this week's podcast, Jocelyn and I will be joined by our special guests from High Noon, Sammy Uyama and Andrew Love. We'll be talking to this dynamic duo about their origins with High Noon. I just started to see the bigger picture of what High Noon was all about, just dealing with real things. In the beginning, you know, people were not showing up. I held my first presentation about pornography when I was still the pastor in Maryland. What's it all about? We're basically chartering new territory. Stuff that True Father talked about a lot, but he was like a million years ahead of, you know, everybody else. And the P word. Porn. I had no idea how numb it made me emotionally and how unpresent I was emotionally to my wife. Once again, you'll be hearing some ajus sprinkled throughout the conversation in an attempt to sense the profanity. It sounds something like this. Aju! So, if you hear some random ajus throughout the conversation, now you know why. And without further ado, on to the show. Hello everyone, you're listening to Lunastream. I'm your host, Toya Nomura, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Justin Darty. Tora is away for today's episode, but we do have two very special guests with us. You guys know who they are. They are Andrew Love and Sammy Uyama. They head High Noon, and we're just uh, here to talk with them about everything High Noon. Awesome. Did you guys uh, say hello? Hello. Hey. First off, I just wanted I to just... say I'm offended that you said Andrew's name before my name. <laughs> and... <laughs> and I just want to say that I'm the head and he's the butt of High Noon, so that's how that works. <laughs> and I also want to point out so, to Andrew, so we also have our own podcast, and I just want to point out, Andrew, that you're the only one that gets all uppity when your co-host doesn't let you introduce yourself right and it's perfectly normal <laughs> oh well i was True. thinking it i was like um yeah. you're supposed to throw it over to me <laughs> oh my bad my bad hi so, thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for okay. for the That's opening okay. toy hi my name is justin darty uh, i'm 26 years old i'm located here in bridgeport connecticut i'm the uh, young adult minister here and um uh, i'm blessed now but blessed almost five years uh, happy to be here. Can't wait to to jump into this yep. topic, my boys. Nice. Yes. Five years. Yeah. Um, Andrew, uh, how old are you? And yeah, I know you're blessed with right, everything. Right for wow. the jugular. You just like. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I read that question? It's like, hey, so are you supposed to be here? Uh, <laughs> is your daughter here somewhere? Why are you here? Um, no. I'm sniffing 40, bro. No, I, uh, no way. No way. Yeah, in in November I will be forty. So, <laughs> yeah, this year a lot of my friends are already forty or older. My wife is already forty, so it's a little bit spooky. Because I keep on looking at myself ever since I was in middle school. I'm like, when am I gonna be a man? And I'm still asking that question. <laughs> when can I grow a beard? Never. Yeah, because you still look like you're thirty, thirty-five. You know what I mean? In between there. I'm going to go straight from young man to old man, and there's going to be no man in between. So. <laughs> I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> and Sammy, um, how old are you? I'm 30. You're 30? No, oh, get out. Different Jeez. decade. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's kind of weird, because um, like to, to think about it, because you guys are very different in age and grew up in different you know in settings, and then to team up together in high noon is very um, peculiar to say the least. <laughs> That's perfect. Blend. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I think the whole essence of high noon is peculiar. It's like who would, who would want to talk about 
kind of people's dirt and like air it mm-hmm. out and clean it up. Mm-hmm. It's like, who wants to clean the toilet? I don't know. Some, <laughs> yeah. Somebody has to. It's a dirty so. job for sure. But it's nice to have a clean toilet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's all I do. <laughs> um, Justin, could you hit us off with the first topic of the day? Mm. Is that what, yeah. is that, uh, is that the whole, that's the whole spectrum of what defines us is our age? Is, is there anything else? <laughs> no, no. I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> I forgot we had a, it's usually nice to just go, you know, hey, Sammy, why don't you introduce yourself and then you can say any information that you believe to be pertinent about who you are other than right. just your age, but you know. Appar- uh, apparently that's enough. I'm 30. So yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in North Carolina, but I'm living here in Korea with my wife. We've been here four years now. And we've been blessed 11 years and we have two kids. Wow. Amazing. Damn. Amazing. What's your title? Sammy's. Here you go. Sorry. What's your title, bro? Title. That's, I am the, whatever needs to get done. I'm the number one minion <laughs> for high noon. He's Sammy's the director. He's my boss. Like let's, let's not actually, we kind of joke, joke about that. He's yeah. He's straight up my boss. And wow. Um, it used the original director was uh, John Williams, mm-hmm. and he created the foundation. He really allowed it to kind of exist at a certain point, and then Sammy Sammy took over. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's the head. He's it's like the founders are Uncle David and Emmett's way, and they're like in the trenches too. They fund it um, largely, and then they are all like working on it. But Sammy like has the most difficult task to take Uncle David's endlessly vast and, and to kind of make it real and mm-hmm. to influence with us oh telling sammy's story <laughs> you broke, yeah so andrew tell us who you who, who are you what qualifies you qualifies me i just <laughs> care about people mm-hmm. i i i love practical education i sucked at school and as soon as i graduated from school i started learning and started uh, growing a lot and I've been in the church. I'm, I wasn't born in the church. I joined like 12 years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I got blessed eight years ago. We have three kids. We travel the world a lot because uh, I married, I mean, my wife is a Mongolian, so they are always moving. And so we're just <laughs> taking that to like the cosmic level. So we're, you know, uh, my kids are about to throw away a pair of shoes, right? We bought mm-hmm. them this pair of shoes. And then I was like, how many countries have these shoes been in? And there's like seven or something. And my kid had it for like a year and a half. I was like, Oh my wow. God, that's either really cool or really frightening how much we're <laughs> like moving around. Cause my grandma just turned, my grandma just turned a hundred and uh-huh. like my two year old son has been to 10 times the amount of, you know, geographical locations as her. And yeah, it, that's crazy. You know, yeah. Just who we are. It's part of who we are. And um, could you tell us a little bit why you became involved or involved in high noon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I grew up, you know, in the world, and I just, like, learned from all my, you know, from culture, and especially about girls and dating, that kind of stuff, and that's how I learned about love, is by breaking people's hearts and having my heart broken in such an inefficient way. So when I kind of met God, or, like, really started to, like, invest, in like, what, what is this God thing? And that was great, and that really helped me personally, but when I looked out into the world and saw the state of like my friends and, you know, the next generation in terms of sex, I was like, Oh my God, this is where, this is where we're headed. If we don't, if we don't deal with this thing, we're done for. So Mm -hmm. I just like, I, 
stopped everything and I, I, I just became full-time with High Noon. It's like I went around the country first and then now right. the world just kind of being the town crier to be like, yo, this is happening. Do you care or not? Right. I don't care if you care, but if you care, let's do something about it. Mm. And Tammy, uh, same question to you. What made you involve, get involved in uh, High Noon? Well, I'm, it was through their work with porn, uh, talking about porn, you know, something that no one was ever talking about prior and it's something near and dear to my heart. Like I struggled a lot growing up and then a, a momentous amount of effort, I was able to, to break away from porn and masturbating. And then uh, later on, I got blessed and I could see how helpful that was for me. And I was really wow. grateful for, for having that uh, like support that I, I was very, I was lucky to have the right people in my life. And it was something I knew a lot of people were struggling with. And so, you know, I'd occasionally bring it up for people, but I never knew actually to help anyone. And so then I heard about uh, what High Noon was doing. And it started with Andrew. He was just posting stuff on Facebook and I thought it was really cool. And just little by little, I got more and more involved. And I just started to see the bigger picture of what High Noon was all about, just dealing with real things. It was more than just porn, right? That was, that was right, that's right. one very real part of people's lives was just dealing with the reality of what mm. uh, people face and then mm. not forgetting you know this dream this vision or ideal that we have but acting as a bridge between you know, that thing that we want to be mm -hmm. and where we actually are mm. and you know i can't think of anything better to invest my time in true it's pretty dope and um could you tell us a little bit about high noon for the audience who doesn't know or aren't aware of high noon what they do all right. Uh, sure. Andrew is handing me the metaphorically handing me the, the mic. <clears throat> so High Noon is a nonprofit organization founded by a blessed couple, the Wolfenbergers. They live outside of Seattle, Washington. And uh, that's part of what makes, I think, High Noon so remarkable. It's, it, it's not a like church initiated program. It's just this one blessed couple who were never any kind of church leader. They're just uh, they're involved in their local community with with camps and things like that. And uh, they just care a lot. And they have a very successful crab business. And they have an incredible marriage and a really wow. wonderful family. And they just wanted to take a lot of the blessings they had. And they wanted other people to have that as well, especially um, blessings. They wanted, they knew a lot of couples struggling with their blessings and wanted to provide support and resources for those couples to have a happy relationship. And so it started mm -hmm. out with mm -hmm. like a, like a marriage retreat and they got a team of different bus couples, first and second gen together to create this weekend program. And the idea was that, you know, so many couples, they were doing missionary kind of work and then, then they never had the chance to have a nice couple experience. And so they created this program. There's the whole nine yards. It's like you show up, you have your own, imagine you actually have your own room as a couple. You don't have to, you know, fight for a sleeping bag and share the floor yeah. with 50 other people. And then it gets even better. Like you go in the room and there's like the, the chocolates on the pillows waiting for you. And just like a really nice experience. And for people to feel like actually have like a romantic time together where they're not having to, you know, deal with all the logistical stuff in their life. I've been to the marriage retreat. Mm -hmm. It was really good. Oh, oh, cool. Uh, that's which one did you go to? I actually saved my marriage. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you can say we that were, again, Justin. We were not doing great, and then we went to the marriage retreat. 
There you go. He easily added another six months to our lives. <laughs> Only six? Oh, well, you know, we needed more than just that, but. Right, right. Yeah, it's like it definitely starting. Be, yeah, it was definitely the starting point to mm-hmm. have a very That's healthy future. Yeah, we use the that book that they give you that um the binder with all like the lectures the notes from all the right. lectures yeah we reference that book like every day for months after the mm. we wore it down that's, man. that's so cool and that whole team will they just just warm their hearts to hear that i'm gonna make sure to share that with them but which retreat did you go to oh uh, where was two it years also? ago and it was somewhere <laughs> in the poconos i think okay got it yeah and so um that retreat was the beginning and through doing those they started to get a really clear look at a lot of the common issues that couples deal with mm-hmm. and one of them that kept coming up again and again was porn okay. and um it was just it was real uh uncle david he realized wow it's not just like a one-off thing right, that, right. you know person here person they're dealing with it's like basically almost everybody and so mm-hmm. he recognized the need to address that specifically and that became a huge focus of high noon for a long time was first just educating and helping people become aware of, hey, this is a very prevalent issue that's mm-hmm. seeped its way into a lot of people's lives. And and then we started developing from there and we needed, people were grateful for that, but then they're like, oh, thanks so much for talking about this. You know, what can I do? Like, can you help me? And then we realized, <laughs> oh, you know, we, we should probably provide a little more than just, you know, raise sounding alarms, right? And so we worked on recovery material to be able to help people actually break to deal with their porn, the masturbation issues. Mm-hmm. And then we started diving deep into, you know, so we're, we're helping people break away from these things. They're obviously not what they want in their life, but how can we help people get clear on what like a knock your socks off incredible vision for sex is. And like, what is right. like the best sex can be. And uh, mm-hmm. we started really diving into that and searching true parents words for they talk a lot about absolute sex sexual organs you know how does that actually translate into our lives and you know what Mm. what did god actually want for sex when true father talks about thunderstorms and and earth shaking orgasms you know like how do we actually get there right (laughs) um i so that's the kind of the 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 progression of high noon and i'll let andrew add whatever he wants to fill in some gaps perfect yeah let me just pepper it with a little bit of um emotion here um you know there's a clear and desperate need for this work and basically nobody was up for the task to uh-huh. be honest okay and then the wolfenbergers stepped stepped up to the plate and put a bunch of money behind it mm-hmm. and then and their heart more importantly their heart and that allowed us to kind of create something that really couldn't exist otherwise i think most big institutions want to keep it at length and just say can you guys just deal with it because it's such a uh, a deeply personal problem that it's kind of like if you scratch this problem you you know you got to go deeper and deeper and deeper and then all of a sudden it's like it's what you're all about so we just decided to make that what we're all about which is like we want to be the people that just deal with sex the one thing that affects every single one of us but n- nobody has a, a like a, a place to kind of deal with it like talk about the right. negative parts of sex that we've dealt with in mm-hmm. our life but also talk about creating a vision and that's really what we've we started out with like okay let's identify the problem and we got really good at that but then now we've been investing a lot of time in what's the opposite of that like what's what's the purpose of sexuality what is what does it look like to be single in this world what does it look like to 
be a thriving individual who has sexual integrity as a person? And then what does a couple look like? And then what does a family look like? And then what does a culture look like mm-hmm. of healthy, happy, you know, God-centered sexuality? And it doesn't look like avoidance. It doesn't look like hiding. It looks like a celebration of something that's fundamentally true. And so we're just trying to re now we're really defining what that is for us and helping people to create their own visions for their own. What is sexual integrity to you? So that they can be that because mm-hmm. in the absence of a vision, you will just settle for whatever you're exposed to. And for most people that's pop culture or it's porn or whatever. And that just lowers your expectations for what love is, what relationships is, and definitely what sex is. And it cheapens the whole thing. So we're trying to show okay. people, yo, you could have so much more. You could have the moon. Don't settle for the, the dirt or like, I don't know, the dirt underneath the garbage bins. You know, like the whole <laughs> cosmos is yours. Okay. And God created this thing for us to have everything. Don't settle for anything less. And mm-hmm. when we talk like this, it really stimulates people's original mind, but it's so foreign to most people. So yeah. we're basically chartering new territory, stuff that true father talked about a lot. But he was like a million years ahead of you know everybody else, right? And even people who are were just like, oh, you know, how do I even, how do I deal with that as well as everything else that I'm asked for? So people just kind of put that generally to the side. But now it's now it's the time that we deal with it because if we don't, you guys know, you guys mm. know, like you you were raised in this world. If we don't deal with it now, the fake sex is going to consume us all. Right? There's no, there's like, there's no option. Human trafficking and all that is just going to be the byproduct. Great explanation, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think because um, I always thought of High Noon as just like, you know, it was just they offered programs and just taught about individuals looking to get like get out of masturbating and like, you know, having a support group for them and like going through this 90 day course and whatnot. And just, um, yeah, it was it was more like, yeah, like improving like the romance between couples and stuff like that and some other Things, but I didn't realize it was like a whole philosophy behind this, and it was actually you, you, you're actually using like father's words and like guidance in order to shape like uh, the the program and everything. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 There's a. It's kind of it's kind of become like a buzzword in the church. High noon. <laughs> um, you know, it's something that I've used and heard used many times of like when you want to say pornography and masturbation or, or pornography addiction but you don't want to say the word exactly mm-hmm. you're in like a public environment you're like you know he's uh, struggling with uh high noon stuff <laughs> you know, he uh, had a high noon problem um and i just that's, thought that's that was an interesting thing. i've never heard it like that have you uh have you got any high noon issues or are you ready for the matching or so i, I think i that. take that I take that as a compliment personally, but also as a challenge for our organization, because that was kind of my task early on was to spread the word. And it was really about the fake sex, about porn. What is porn Mm -hmm. doing to us? Right. So when you go to the doctor, you don't want the doctor to tell you about, you know, what health looks like and all this. If you're sick, you want to know first, am I sick or not? And then give me the solutions after. So the first thing was talk about the problem, but I think it got, it shook people up so much that they still think that that's kind of all high noon is. And, um, and we've kind of moved on a lot. We still, that's a part of who we are, but it's not at all the entirety of who we are. We have, we are much, we still have a long way to go, but we've evolved a mm. whole heap since then to be much more inclusive mm. to what is 
the sex that God dreamed about and how does that incorporate into your daily life and how do you build more of that and less of the fake stuff. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's very profound. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, just, it's fun to hear what gets said in uh, churches nowadays. I, I mean, I live in Korea. Uh, I have not stepped inside an American church in four years. Well, neither have I. So, like, <laughs> wow. I don't think any of us have since Corona. But uh, since no, everything, I've online. been there. We we were meeting physically for another ministry, oh, wow. with masks yeah. and proper social distancing and all that stuff. We had a pretty big assembly hall, so it was pretty easy to pull off. Mm. But yeah, no, I've been to our church center. Yeah, no, man, I got my finger on the pulse, you guys. Mm-hmm. I know what's up. No, I'm just kidding. I, I uh, you do. <laughs> I have a moderate to fair connection. Yeah, you know, I tried. To, I, I I had I struggled with um, pornography and masturbation addiction since I was like 12 years old. Um, I was inter- introduced from pornography when I was eight. I found like a flyer in the street or something like that, and and uh, just knowing nothing just was enthralled with it and then uh, it it became a more serious problem when i got older like 12 because i realized it had this 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 cool effect on you like this kind of this energy this high that you would get from it that i didn't quite understand as as a little kid but um my house was pretty chaotic growing up a lot of discourse between my parents and um, just being left alone a lot and just kind of a lot of, yeah. So pornography was this great, um, outlet for me as a little kid, not, not knowing like what I'm feeling and how to deal with things. And so it became a pretty regular part of my life by the time I was in my teenage years. And then when I started, you know, heading towards, uh, marriage age in the church, which is like 18, um, <laughs> I was, I started seriously thinking like, well, I can't continue to watch pornography, but I also had this, this weird reassurance that I don't know where it came from, that it would just magically evaporate the day I got blessed, that it would just kind of fizzle out and I wouldn't have any desire because all of my sexual desires and needs would be met immediately and, and constantly by my wife. Surprisingly, yeah. it's a little different than that. So yeah. I know uh, that your wife does not want to like every time you want want i know it's baffling man i just (laughs) i have a very beautiful penis you know (laughs) um yeah it was it was pretty honestly it's we're joking about it now but man i was like genuinely surprised um after you know after getting blessed i was just like what you why don't you want to have sex constantly all the time i don't know can i just say that this is so much more prevalent than I think a lot of us realize because we're not having this conversation, but when you start looking into like AI and robotics and sex and where all that is headed, people, it's becoming a, a, a billion dollar industry of people, you know, opting for sex whenever I want, you serve me. And if, and, and if people can't get that in real life, which nobody can, um, then they opt out of humans altogether. And, and that's where something, instead of realizing, oh, wait, I'm just being selfish. A lot of people are like, oh, they think, oh, people are stupid. <laughs> I'm right. People are stupid, right? And they just get robots. So like your, your, your sense wasn't unfounded because that's actually part of the porn culture is that that person's there to serve my needs. And yeah. that's where it's like we're brainwashed and we don't even know it. It's so 
sneaky, right? That you say, where where did I come up with this notion that my wife is going to meet all my sexual needs? Well, I'll tell you where you got that idea from from the years of porn that you were consuming. You know, that's definitely a huge. I think huge part you of might it. you might be onto something there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah man, good. it's it, it took it took a long time, a lot of stepping back to really see it because I honestly, and then even then, I I it didn't evaporate and I didn't magically become you know uh uninterested in porn it just it just became something i was fighting with more than i ever had before because uh, it was something i tried to many times as a teenager stop but i would only ever get success um during like a workshop or something but that was just so busy uh that just didn't have time right. it wasn't out of like successful condition setting i just didn't have time to masturbate or you know and i didn't have access <laughs> necessarily so it wasn't really success in that in that sense Um, and my, (laughs) I had continued to watch pornography and masturbate in our marriage silently, completely unaware of the effects that it was having because it's like my whole, you know, conscious life, almost pornography had been a part of it. And so I just didn't really see what, what did Justin look like without it? Because it had always been there. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no idea the effect it had on me. And my wife knew there was something up, but couldn't put her finger on it. And we actually went to a high noon summit and she was listening to, what's his name? Curly hair, goofy guy, great wife, lots of kids. Curly hair. Curly hair. Well, it's not like curly hair. Layton, there you go. Layton, (laughs) thank you. Who? It's not, it's like, you know. Right, yeah. Bouncy. Uh, That's a perfect way of describing him. (laughs) Layton was talking about like, you know, how do you spot an addict? Um, Kind of, sort of, just kind of breaking it down. What does it look like to live with someone? You know, anyway. And and my wife was just like, that's Justin. Um, Mm -hmm. And I asked a question, which I was very proud because you guys had this cool app where if someone liked their question, the question that you asked, the the anonymous question, they could like vote it up. And my question (laughs) immediately got voted to like completely to the top with like an Mm -hmm. overwhelming majority. And it was like, how do you tell your wife that, you know, you've been hiding your porn porn addiction for so long? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because like, I'm afraid she's going to leave me or something like that if I say it. And it well, was in that, like, in that situation, you could have asked, "How do you tell your wife your about your porn addiction?" Signed, Justin Darty, <laughs> and then do this. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was it was something that I yeah. Then someone answered it. I don't know, um, but it, I think it was Leighton said it was like you know you, sooner than later because um, if she's if she's gonna leave you, you know she's already gone. You're not you're not really mm. doing anything, you know, it's something that will come out no matter what. Right. Um, yeah. But then, and I want, I really wanted to come clean. I was in the car, we were driving back from New Jersey. Um, and I was like, you know, I swear, I swear it was on the tip of my tongue. And then she asks me first and I was like, dang it. Uh, <laughs> you know, if she asks me for the information, it's, uh, it's a, it's not as good as if I offered the information. For sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, oh, I'm screwed. Um, yeah. So we talked about it and, um, it was, it, it, yeah. Then I, I signed up for the 90 day high, high noons, 90 day program. Um, and I didn't get very far. I think I got like 20 days into it 
or less. Um, and I just was like, oh, I can't do this. And I'm not connected to this at all. I feel like, you know, listening to Andrew talk every day is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> i don't know it's just i was like these videos feel cheesy and right. i don't feel like this is where i'm at and like ah, <laughs> uh, this is not the support i need um and my workshop high was wearing off and i was just like this is this isn't working uh and i was really frustrated i, I couldn't get into a group because of my schedule my work schedule i just couldn't get into one of the mm -hmm. high noons uh yeah. men's small men's groups um yeah so I actually found a lot of success with another another group, a not a church group affiliated um, mm -hmm. that my wife actually found, which is God bless her because I I definitely would have never found it. Yeah, I'm curious to hear how um, things have been for you, and then also for you and your wife since uh, that summit. That was like year, almost a year and a half ago now. I remember um, seeing you there and. Uh, like what it took for you to be there. You're actually like supposed to work or something. It was just like good, yeah. good circumstance or something that you're even able to come. Yeah. I didn't expect to be able to make it. Um, but yeah, I was able to finagle the schedule here and there and I was able to make it up there and we drove up there just in time. We were almost late. Um, oh God. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a good program. It's funny because it's a, with the, everyone there is a church member mostly as far as I know and it was really funny to see people kind of embarrassed to be there <laughs> like because you know high noon is this heavy connotation that you're there because uh, either you watch pornography or someone in your life does and mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you know I don't know it's like uh, if you get caught at a at a strip club by your pastor it's like, what are you supposed to do about it? If you tell the community that you caught the pastor there, well, then it's clear that you were there. <laughs> right. The pastor tells the community that he caught you there. So it's like, well, <laughs> what do we do about this? <laughs> so I feel like there was this kind of slightly awkward tension with a lot of people where they're kind of like, hi, yeah, I'm not really here. Don't look at me. Um definitely felt that from some locals that i recognized from connecticut they were like oh i didn't know you're gonna be here and they like seem so uncomfortable and unhappy yeah. to see me yeah anyway the thing i feel uh, group the group the group environment was incredibly helpful it is okay in my journey um being able to connect with a group of guys who were all trying to kick porn um and regain uh was 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 hugely helpful yeah i don't know there's i i want to get to another i want to get to another point uh, and i want to talk about yeah. something else but i i feel like i don't know that i'm missing something I, maybe you guys i don't know what do you guys think about my journey i i don't think far? it's uncommon i think most people are there I, it's just minus the fact that they're not blessed you know well i mean the secret sauce of recovery is connection, right? The opposite of addiction, which is escaping yourself, escaping your problems, running away from your emotions and all this is connection, connecting to yourself and like learning about why, what am I afraid of? What about me? Do I hate so much or do I bad about or am I holding on to? Well, uh, that's through the process of learning about yourself and you do that through building a relationship with other people and with God more sincerely. Um, and that's, it kind of flushes the stuff to the surface and then you can choose whether to deal with it or not. So our, our program, yeah, we definitely don't advise anybody to just take the course because it, it's just intellectual fodder. 
in a sense, right? To just watch videos, there's, there's nothing, but it's the practice. It's in practicing our five high noon virtues. Shout out to honesty, integrity, accountability, grace, and courage. Um, that's where you practice these things, okay? And that's how you practice to be like hmm. uh, a member of a community. That's the success of AA. AA hasn't succeeded right. because they have nice meeting rooms because they're nasty. They're, they're <laughs> always in like nasty dungeons. The coffee's terrible. You know, like these, these programs are not flashy, but it's the community. It's the fact that you can go to one in any city and be accepted for somebody mm -hmm. who's a work in progress. And so right, right. that's the secret sauce of High Noon uh, for sure is that we're creating the culture. That's our focus is culture uh -huh. where the emphasis is being the you that you're committed to being and to support one another along the journey of becoming more of that. Right. And when you have more space in your own heart, because you're working on yourself, then you naturally want to give to other people. And then that just speeds up the process and you actually create a genuine mm -hmm. uh, culture, you know? Right. But it starts out like, like you're saying, like uh, in the beginning, you know, people were not showing up. I held my first, presentation about pornography when I was still the pastor in Maryland to my own community after my own Sunday service and like 10 people showed up out of like 150 and I was like you know what I just gave a message to everybody and I pitched my own program after and I'm your pastor and like nobody showed up right because there's terror there's terror I saw one person walking back and forth in front of the door like kind of like this you know <laughs> like going back and they they're like physically unable to come in they were so clearly wanting to come in but they were physically unable to mm. do so so wow. there's so many barriers because of our that just helps me believe in divine principle even more because you're uh -huh. like what well, it's just sex well it's not just sex because sex is connected to so okay. much misery in all of history that it's so deeply uh conjures up fear and doubts and shame and like all the negative stuff sex is mm -hmm. only meant to produce positive emotions positive results mm -hmm. but since we've mishandled it and misused it since forever it actually only conjures up fear and shame and all sorts of negative emotions so yeah in terms of what you're saying the biggest leap and the and the and the like the first step is the biggest step which is joining a group and so many people balk at that they they get so scared because they don't want to be that guy. Sammy and I just recorded a podcast last week, this week, about that. Who's High Noon? Who are these groups for? For everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a therapy session. It's a workout session. Right. Your internal character for your nature to be stronger, to be one to be. And that's something that definitely is connected to your sexuality. So uh, when we remove that and we realize that you never stop needing to work out, you need to work out until the day you die physically. Yeah. Uh, same with sexual integrity. It's not something that has a finite date and like, oh, I, oh I'm good now. No, you, there's always more to work on. And so mm. uh, I think if people could realize that more, then more people would hop on the bandwagon because they would just see freedom on the other side of this effort. Right. But um, yeah, there's just with much negative association to working on yourself in such an intimate way because you feel like, Oh, I'm broken if this, like just like Justin was saying, like <laughs> if I show up to an event, I'm admitting that I'm a pervert. You right. know, like that's bull crap. Everybody has some you pretty much everybody has first degree relationship with porn. If not, you definitely have second degree relationship because somebody in your life that you care about has a, a very intimate relationship with porn, right? Mm -hmm. Uh all the negative things that are associated with 
that. So and we should be proud to be like, this is, and again, since now we've re- evolved into, we're talking about positive. Everybody needs about that. I have three kids. I've already talked to them plenty about sex. Not so much my <laughs> two-year-old because he just basically mumbles a lot, but right. uh, the other two are pretty conversant in, you know, age-specific stuff because it's like, right. I want them to know all the good stuff. We were watching a movie the other day with this neighbor kid, this local kid, and she was like, she was pulling the moves on him. And I was in the room, I was like, I was like, okay, this is what you got to know about touching. She was like, she's putting his, her arm around him and stuff. I was like, all right, let's talk about it. It wasn't about shame or like, you watch out for those girls. It was like, okay, here's what you mm-hmm. should know about touching and like, you know, brothers and sisters and all this stuff. And it's all preparation to talk more and more right, deeply right. about the good, the good sex that you don't want to miss out on by zoning out. It. So I, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, is then like, how come like a uh, blessed family ministry can't do that? You know what I mean? Can do the same job that you guys do as, as high noon. You know what I mean? Cause it, it feels like it, it feels like that falls specifically under that category of, you know um, you know, couples therapy, uh, you know, making sure that the couple has, you know, loving sex and, you know, ha- has a very healthy relationship and whatnot. And like, you know, being able to teach sex and like, you know, the opposite gender to, to your kids and stuff like that. So hmm. why, why are there two, you know, different organiza- organizations, so to say? Well, one thing I think useful to know is that we work together a lot, right? So mm-hmm. um, we're in communication a huge extent and Yana is a huge advocate for us, which we're really grateful for. Um, right. I guess there's the, there's a lot of ways to answer this. One is that you know, this is one area of what the BFM would be responsible for. I mean, that, that it's like, yeah, it's a umbrella term. Yeah. Umbrella group. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, they could do this. Um, <laughs> but then, so I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if I have like the exact answer for you. I do also know that mm-hmm. as a BFM, you're responsible for when people die for you, this whole Sunhua thing that you have to take care of when people are born. Oh, really? Um, you have to take it. Yeah. It's like blessed family ministry. It's like everything to do with family life. Right. So yeah, that makes um, sense. a lot of education mm-hmm. little things for people growing up. Um, they have to figure out, you know, there's a whole ministry for trying to get special needs, people matched and blessed people with mm-hmm. physical and mental handicaps. Uh, there's like a lot of stuff that they address. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the, so that's like, in, even in the ideal, right that's always going to be a reality. But then the other reality is that our, the the nature of our church, right. Is, is very, um, Uh spur of the moment, you could say. (laughs) A little um, too much, a little too much. Right. And so that's fortunate or unfortunate, however you want to define it, you know, working on, I I think one hour's notice is plenty to do a 40,000 people. (laughs) Right. And so there's a lot of stuff that just goes on that becomes, it doesn't matter what department you're in. It's all hands on deck. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. we need you working on this thing. And so that happens a lot too. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're saying the church uh, on the inside can be instable at times and a program like this <laughs> that needs to provide consistency and stability would be better helped, helped, <laughs> kept uh, out of those hands. Not because those hands are bad hands. They're just, full hands that things <laughs> oh, that, that's actually that makes sense. very it makes well sense. said yeah it's like that that was a very specific thing on for that when, when we're making plans for you know what kind of organization do we want to be and right. uh, for, what, kind, what kind of 
organization do we want to be for people? And it was exactly that point was that people going through challenges in their life and they're trying to deal specifically in, and even in these areas of, of porn masturbation, or they're trying to improve their, their marriage. We, as an organization, we can't say we're going to host a small group and then halfway through say, Oh, sorry, I got to, you know, focus on this other thing now. So, um, mm -hmm. you guys, I'm, I'm not going to be facilitating your group anymore. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, I also just feel like it's the, the reason why the church hasn't been doing this kind of program before is because that they're just, they wouldn't, you know, high noon came about by members because it, it was a need and, you know, you, the community filled the need themselves. And it's, you know, mm. the Wolfenbergers saw the need and decided to, to step up to the plate on their own. And I'm sure they weren't the first people to see the need, but they were definitely the first person to people to do anything about it mm. in, in the scale that you guys are doing. Like yeah, headquarters is full of the most, some of the most gen sharpest people I know. I thought, I thought you were gonna say headquarters is full of. Sh I do. <laughs> and then I was surprised. I was like, like yeah. I'm right there it's with you. Oh, oh yeah, 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 full of great people. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I mean it's like yeah, you, well, like you said, it's exactly what you said. It's not like High Noon's the first to recognize the need for any of this thing. It, it's been known, right? And some really great it's people that want to do good, they want to do good by members, right? And they really care and and. Uh -huh. Yeah, there's that thing of you don't have full control of what you invest your time in. There's a lot of, mm. hey, I need you to do this or, you know, we need to focus on this right now. And also, right. honestly, it, it's taken a lot of money, right? Like it's it's mind boggling the financial investment the Wolfenburgers have put in into this mm. ministry, mm. right? And, and it's just it's just a lot it's all the 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 perfect combination of all the necessary ingredients right not just caring right. not just understanding but also the commitment to whatever it takes kind of mindset mm. yeah burgers really take this on as their lifelong mission like they're they're not okay. stopping you know what i mean and right so there's that plus there's the fact that they're so focused on this issue mm -hmm. But how we get to the ultimate end is very flexible because they're very mm. secure people. And because of that, we've been able to work with BFM or BFD, whatever it's called, in, in countries all over the world. Some, okay. some don't love us, but most of them really do appreciate the work because we're doing the work that honestly, it, for, for like, from my perspective, after uh -huh. traveling the, like, and seeing so many different communities in different countries, the, the kind of the veins of our movement are people mm -hmm. who are attracted to the BFM because mm -hmm. they really care about the families staying together. And that without that, we, we have nothing. Right. Right. Um, so they're really supportive generally, like as a general statement of us, but because we can kind of, t in a sense, take a load off from their workload and we can be hyper-focused and they can refer people, especially since we've been at it mm -hmm. for a while we built a pretty good relationship with with most of these people like i said there's still some people that don't love us and don't right. don't like our approach and we're we're fine we're not saying we're the only we're just saying this is what we're doing and we're going to be doing it for a while so you know get used to us hate us whatever but we're trying to grow if you have suggestions we're, we're willing to take it but we're we want to help and we want to be an asset and so it's it's a very new paradigm for our movement right right and because of that it brought out a lot of you know, enthusiasm from some people and a lot of insecurities from other people mm -hmm. because a lot of times this stuff doesn't turn out well, right? Mm -hmm. If the Wolfenburgers go rogue and just raise their middle fingers and say, we don't need you guys, 
that causes a big problem for our whole international community. But that's why, you know, honestly, taking their lead, they're very careful as to making sure that we include all the stuff that we're doing, always extending an arm to headquarters and the headquarters mm -hmm. staff. And like, we viewed Crescentia as, as one of us. She came to our staff retreats, you know, when mm -hmm. she was the head of the BFM. So we like, we know that us as, a, as, as an isolated unit, are, we're going to eventually, you know, step on some toes and hurt some people. But if right, we right. infuse and kind of like cross-pollinate, then we'll create something really cool that everybody, for sure, for sure. everybody wins. That's right. what we want. Yeah, because you could see it as like as being a solo organization that runs parallel to our movement as like potentially being able to undermine BFM or something like that. But it doesn't seem to be the case. And so I think it's really beautiful that they're that individual. Uh, what is it? The Wolfenbergers have, you know, they found the the need and they fulfilled the need, you know, in a way. And I think that's very respectable. Um, no, Uncle David, one more thing I'd add. Uncle David has said his his vision, his goal for High Noon is that high noon doesn't need to exist anymore i mean that's just his mindset about it is that his like end goal in a way yeah it's just like if we do our job right high noon mm -hmm. high noon doesn't even need to exist right right yeah so it just becomes like uh what's that movie lucy where she just like gets infused into the air she just becomes <laughs> like it just becomes a part of the high noon just becomes culture the culture right everybody just lives freely hmm so what do you guys, what kind of substantial like steps are you taking towards that goal? Like what kind of progress have you guys seen? There's, I'm really inspired by how much has changed about just the, the, the kind of conversations people are able to have mm -hmm. at church or with whoever that people didn't think would have been possible, you know, five years ago. Just, I mean, even if they're using euphemism, euphemisms, like, uh, you doing that? You, you have any high noon issues, right? Just like that's a topic that no one ever even considered broaching. Period, right? Like, um, when I was going through the matching process and that 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 part of my life, it was like, did you have? It was just black or white. Did you have sex with someone, mm -hmm. right? And then that was okay. No, okay, great. Now it's our understanding of sexuality has evolved tremendously that's all of that is imbued in the whole matching process like okay in a relationship it's not just like penetrative sex right it's like there's a whole spectrum of sex yeah. that you can engage in right it sucks and that's man. really so important much harder now trying to get trying to qualify the matching these days all these boxes you gotta check mental health and and you know <laughs> are you watching for now back in the day it was just check like, the are box. you breathing yes it's like <laughs> yes yes i have never had sex done and it's like yeah. well I uh, there, I may have received uh, manual copulation from someone, but it was not <laughs> penetrative sex. Therefore, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm all clean. Right, exactly. I mean, but that's because people are so slippery, right? And if you yeah. don't, I mean, this we experience all the time. If you don't ask really directly, then people will slip out of answering anything very explicit, right? Mm -hmm. It's like. Anyway, no, we don't need to get into that. But like, if you don't ask, hey, have you ever received oral sex directly? Then I mean, you, a lot of people they would never say so otherwise. Mm. Wow. And and um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's so cool. That's one of the, for me the coolest things. It's like actually in matching processes. It's it went from a complete like considered irrelevant. Oh, you're watching porn. Are you you know uh -huh. you masturbate three times a day okay well that's not relevant <laughs> right right um to it's like expected that in the matching process like guys uh -huh. mindsets now 
you know, not if, but like, okay, when do I need to tell my potential match about this? Oh, right, right. right. And um, there's this whole idea of like, yeah, this is the thing I need to work on in order to be a good husband, prepare the blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Hyun yeah, like uh, has had a really cool impact for some people and has been just barely missed the mark for, for me, <laughs> my relationship. Um, yeah, I know someone personally who received, I believe it was Sammy's testimony in Korea. I think Sammy gave his testimony uh, about High Noon in Chungpyeong. Um, and they were like, oh, it was crazy. Like, he's a church member and like he was watching pornography in his relationship while he was married and stuff. And like, oh my God. And, um, but it like opened up their eyes to the problem and how common it was. Um, and this was a sister. And so then when she, uh, was approaching the matching and he came out and said, oh, you know, I've, I've watched pornography. She's like, yeah, I really expected that. I mean, when they showed us the statistics of how many guys it's like, (laughs) I'd be, winning the lottery if you if you didn't um where you know for my wife she had the expectation that that was an an absolute no completely Mm. off the table (laughs) as an option Mm. because Mm -hmm. she hadn't gone to sammy's workshop in jumpio so (laughs) it's great it's great it's it's something that's awful that we need it but great that we have uh the medicine yeah for for this kind of a thing because i just feel like um uh, for my from for my wife, she has a lot of a lot of pain um, and resentment because she feels like she worked so hard to stay pure. Um, and that then, makes sense. Meanwhile, I'm over here. You know that guy you were talking about, mass writing three day three times a day, and then coming to the matching and being like, "All right, I'm ready," <clears throat> and <laughs> her not knowing that it it's it, it's even going on. And then yeah, so it's just like she didn't even know to really to look out for it. Um, mm. And I feel like going forward also for her, what it me- means is so much. It's, it means very, it, it means a lot more to my wife than it did to that person I was talking about because they were able to get acquainted with it kind of a little bit younger and they were able to adjust their expectations before going into the blessing where for my wife, mm. her expectation where it was, uh, I wouldn't say high, but uh, unfortunately out of the the current norm um, yeah yeah so it sucks yeah man. absolutely and thank you guys so much it sucks that i was i was slightly just just missed the mark on on that available because i remember being a youth pastor and people asking me like how do i stop watching porn and i, I would just be sitting there like uh. and you figure that out you let me know kid because i don't know <laughs> um and yeah. so and now that there's just like oh yeah pff, there you go high noon like right remember right. in uh, camp love and life 2011 uh those are the days there was uh there were they did this panel and uh all the boys on the, all the guys on the panel just qu- one after another questions about pornography and they were just like hell if i know and their answers were so like vague and like yeah um yeah guys uh Another question about porn. Um, uh, yeah, you guys should work on that. So good exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, I mean, even myself. The oh man, the it last repeat, it repeats time and time again. Every generation has the same questions about porn. Yeah. It's not a surprise. The last but, um, youth ministry workshop I did, they asked that exact same thing came up, and I was on the panel, 
and they asked me, you know, what, what to do about porn. And I was just like, guys, <laughs> I, I know you're not going to stop just by me saying to stop. So I'm going to say like, can you just try to watch more healthy porn, like male, female <laughs> porn where it's like more respectful, like let's stay away from weird stuff like threesomes or uh, try to try not to watch like, you know, too much uh, oral sex. Is it, you know, just stick with like, uh, go to like female porn. That's usually a little bit more romantic. Um, and they were like, wow. okay. and you were the youth class the at that time. Yeah. That was the best I could think of guys. Like I, I just, I didn't know any better. Like now, sure. you know, I found this amazing resource called uh, sex and Re- relationship healing.com. And that website has all these group calls that you can go to that are run by therapists. And um, they all have a pretty similar model where you kind of check in what's your sobriety like, uh, how's your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, physical health. Um, and then uh, if you are open to people che- feed- giving you feedback, on your check-in, you say, I'm open to feedback. And then the therapist is there to help give more constructive feedback. That's like more, you know, therapist-y, smarty. And then, uh, yeah, you know, and then also to help protect you from someone giving advice or something. Cause it's mm-hmm. not about giving advice. The feedback is just, hey man, I can really resonate with you on that, hang in there. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, mm-hmm. you're an idiot you know, you should leave your wife kind of a thing mm. that cool. those people and that group, okay. uh, they have so many groups. Like they have these drop-in calls that you can mm. just drop into. And there are like every day of the week, there's like five different calls you can go to in so many different categories. Uh, and it's all just about, um, sex addiction, pornography addiction. That's awesome. Yeah. I just actually typed that in. I'm going to look at that later. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, it's actually how I found my therapist uh, and had the the most success has been through sexandrelationshiphealing.com. And I feel like having those groups where I can talk, I can go and talk to people about what it's like and and where I'm at and what I'm going through. um, Having that connection has been just uh, how I've how I've been able to get any sobriety, Mm. Um, Mm. you know, and it's just like, yeah, you know, I think so. I think the reason why another reason why I couldn't figure out what to tell these kids on how to stop watching porn is because I didn't know what the problem was. I thought the problem was porn is the problem. It's too tasty. It's too attractive. Why would they want to stop? How do you get them to stop? You know, I was, how do you kill the desire? And so I, it was a lot of focus on sobriety. Like how do we just, just stop the action? I never once considered how porn was affecting me emotionally and how, where, why did I want to watch porn from an emotional and mental standpoint, not from a physical place at all? Um, and when I discovered through therapy that, that I am actually not addicted to pornography, I have an intimacy disorder. I'm like terrified of genuine intimacy of people that I love, um, like my wife. And so, not now, not surprising to me now looking back, but certainly was surprising to me the, the closer I got with the what my wife the more and more I fled from that relationship because it was like I just didn't know how to handle the intimacy mm-hmm. and porn just became like my lifeline because it was just I was yeah. drowning in love and connection and I was just like allergic to it it's oh, remarkable. Wow. you could discover that yeah hey guys therapy works man yeah. <laughs> there's, I believe you know, there's, for a reason. there's one 
I want there's a I want to make a plug for one more thing that there's a huge message from High Noon. It, it probably makes the biggest difference for people is that we're all we emphasize so much and you know really hurts me when I hear these stories like what you're talking about of how when people just miss miss the mark right and it's like oh man if only this were available a little bit earlier or you know like if like in the love and life days right when um people actually cared about coming to church and there's so, <laughs> many, people, so many young people involved and if there's this kind of thing that was plugged into that oh my god how what a different place we'd be in right and um how many more relationships could have been saved right and so you know we're doing all this to uh, you know there's that where's that thing that, oh the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago you know blah 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 right but yeah. and so we're doing what we can now but then the other message that really hits people is that like the idea that just there's never too late and it's just a simple fact right there's so many people they have this feeling of like oh man if only right that i could have heard this you know before i got blessed or however long ago yeah but like wherever wherever a person's at you know they're they're not lost right they, they didn't lose out on their chance to have like a knock your socks off kind of marriage and it's still you know that's the whole beauty of restoration and what redemption offers it's like yeah you know the crappy things happen and or we do crappy things and there's things that we need to be responsible for we need to clean up uh, but you know through doing that we could have something really incredible and so you know so mm. many people they they have you know they fall or they have some kind of sexual ex- relationship prior to being blessed or they were raped or you know whatever you know really challenging things can happen in a person's life that those things don't exclude anybody from having everything that God wants for them. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Purity is a, a marathon. It's a, it's, you got to keep going. It's not about, that's not a one-time thing. It's not a one moment. You mm-hmm. can, you can stay quote unquote pure until the blessing and then, you know, cheat on your wife a bunch of times. You, it, it's not, it's not a, a goal or it's not a finish line kind of a thing, but a, a continual thing that the marathon is over when you're dead. <laughs> the only way you can purity. lose is to stop running. <clears throat> yeah. We say that purity is a state of heart, right? Mm. It's a state of mind. It's a state of something that you're either in resonance with or you're out of tune with. Right. So you can always get back to it for sure. Um, but the more you kind of go down and veer off track, the harder it is to remember what purity was like in the first place. Right. But that was my story, too. Like I joined the church after seven when I joined. You can imagine how many relationships I've been in and how kind of impure I was feeling about myself and life and especially sex and stuff like that. But the fact is that uh, even the most bruised heart can be a thriving entity once again when it meets this beautiful cross section of God and, and God centered people who really love freely and uh, without condition you know who offer god's grace and um who live in a certain way it just it purifies you man it purifies the way you feel about life but also the way that you see the world and, and your expectations and for for the world it can all be purified absolutely so what happened to you in the past is either going to lead you towards like compelling you forward or it's going to hold you back and that depends on you because even porn is like oh how the hell did we let porn get so out of control? Well, in a sense, porn is 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 our greatest gift because as a society, we can't ignore all these things that we've been hiding forever. 
now it's in our face and we either deal with it and move on or we get consumed by hell. That's it, <laughs> right? If yeah, everything right. becomes pornified, then we're done for. Or mm-hmm. we deal with it and we say, wow, this is where I draw the line. No way, no way. So um, my next question would be, why don't we talk more about sex and our movement then? Like, you know, after, you know, we've made progress so far about being able to, with High Noon and, you know, bringing it to the table and stuff like that and pornography being an issue, how come we don't talk about it more, especially in our, in our development, in our earlier development when we're, you know, in our teenage years and such. And I know you're doing a great job with your kids and like educating your kids, Andrew. So, but uh, I just feel like all of us could use, could have used it and can use it still now. So I'm just saying, where, where, where is that? You know what I mean? Like, why haven't we made those steps yet as a, as a movement, you know? What I mean? As a movement? Well, just to be fair, uh, from what I hear, I'm in a totally different time zone. I've been catching them, but Dr. <laughs> Young, is he's opened the Pandora's box and he's been talking a lot about sex. Mm-hmm. He's been talking about pornography. It's the time is now. He gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, even Uncle David and Aunt Mitzway are like his biggest fan couple, you know, <laughs> they love, <laughs> they love hearing them. So yeah. on, on kind of that level, it's, it's happening. But if you understand also, um, we can never outsource the upbringing of our children to yeah, for an sure. entity, to a school. They're definitely the worst or even to a church or whatever. So it is our responsibility. And to that end, uh, within the, the, the sphere of high noon, there's also schooloflove.org, which website dedicated to helping parents have these conversations with their kids so that it can become normalized right because if your kids don't feel comfortable with you they're going to go to their stupid friends or they're going to talk to google and they're going to get the wrong information that has nothing to do with love it's going to have everything with you know bodily Mm. whatever you know Um, so that's a cultural thing that will take time and again the more that we have these conversations the more that people are exposed to a different Mm -hmm. perspective and they feel comfortable with it it's like it's a language that you have to become conversant in it's, it's I was raised, true. yeah, I'm sure most of you guys like never had a really comfortable conversation about sex with your kids. Like I'm making it a priority with my kids and mm-hmm. just my to be open with anybody. Yet, so, Well, you can still talk to them. <laughs> Time is just a concept, you, man. My parents have definitely never had a comfortable conversation with me. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there like, you go. but even on a, like a larger scale, right? Um, like, we don't talk about it. Like I don't, I, I've never been at Sunday service where the pastor's like, you know, sex yeah pornography you know what i mean and like done a de- uh, rabbit hole or something like you know sermon about that so yeah it's just well like, a, yeah, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with that as a topic for whatever reasons i mean just the way they grew up there's sure. a lot of people are like really scared it's about almost like it. the fall um, had something to do with sex and sexuality I yeah, somehow it like, affected <laughs> us it's almost like we <laughs> carry this shame out everywhere no no I, I understand i'm saying i understand but i'm saying now like even now we don't do that you know what i mean like it, in this era of like more enlightenment and understanding and education and like you know mm-hmm. uh, but we still fail to touch upon these topics and i feel like that's that's one of our the biggest that's it's one of our bigger concerns right in our movement as a whole so i'm just i'm just so puzzled at the fact that we don't talk about it more or it's not more brought up in the forefront you know what i mean because like otherwise young second generation uh couples can't get or like you know people can't get blessed you know if they can't solve these issues and you know there's a chain you know well uh, i just realized what a i just realized what a five-year-old i am or no 
13 year old he said can't swallow these issues and then i just started chuckling it's just <laughs> <laughs> again again sammy is the director of high news so just uh, ps <laughs> um oh my gosh but you know to be fair toya i i mean i've been we've been championing this we did a tour of korea we went into Korean churches. We went into the teeniest, tiniest churches. We did, I remember one presentation, Sam. I have no idea where the hell we were. But there was four ajumas in the audience, four little old ladies that we presented. We went to district and spoke to a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. We've spoken to many different people. And people are talking about it. It's just not, right. it's not, we haven't hit a critical mass yet. But people are, people are mm. standing up, you know, just like, takes time and the more that you do personally that's all you can really really um control is the more <laughs> that you open up these conversations right you know you right you toya like with with other people that that like the youth that you take care of or your friends or whatever then you're creating cosmic space for the conversation to exist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and the more that that cosmic space exists the more that it's just part of our culture and who we are and people are just more comfortable because that's mm-hmm. more of what they're hearing so people are very comfortable to pull out a cigarette in public and smoke, which is nonsensical. They, they're killing themselves, but it's just culturally accepted. But talking mm-hmm. about God and sex together is not culturally accepted. It doesn't mean that smoking is a smarter idea. It just means that more people are used to experiencing it. Yeah. When you're at a restaurant and you smell smoke, you're not shocked because you're like, oh, because they're smoking, even though it's crazy. Right. But same thing is if you're at a restaurant and you hear a, you know, a family of five and some little kids talking about sex, you'd be like, what is happening? It's just because it's not, <laughs> it's the cultural norm hasn't, hasn't yeah. seeded in terms of nicheness. Yeah. That's Makes why. Sense. But I'm saying, I'm, tell, I'm calling you out, Toya, is the more conversations <laughs> you have. Sammy right. and I are really holding our own here. We, we, we talk about it all day, every day, everywhere we go. But the more conversations you have and you just uh-huh. uh, the more that you're allowing it to become a cultural norm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I bring, I bring up sex uh, all the time. And whenever, uh, you know, in young adult ministry and, 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 and when I was a youth pastor, I, I try to bring it up in a way that, and I make it really clear, like I'm going to talk about sex very frankly and very, and very clearly, guys. And if you feel uncomfortable just know that I'm not being inappropriate. You're you're just fallen. <laughs> There's nothing inappropriate about what I'm going to share. It's just you guys have inherited this fallen culture of you. Sex is bad. Um, and also, don't pretend like you guys haven't been exposed to worse than what I'm going to share in the next ten minutes. You know, I'm going to say a few things here and there, and uh, all of you have heard. You know, or have willingly self-expose yourself to much much worse than the very kind beautiful things i'm about to say about sex and sexuality um and i even have that same kind of thing when people parents come to me you know you talked about this topic and you know why did why did you bring that up i just same thing it's not nothing your your child hasn't already heard you know how old is your kid He's 11. Oh, does he have a tablet that he has internet access to and alone? Okay, yeah, he's watch porn. <laughs> uh, I promise you, uh, me talking, me saying the word penis, it, um, he's seen many more than what I described. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a lot more than just yeah. being in a diagram or something. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about is yeah. um, betrayal trauma. I feel like that's something that... Uh, 
I, I haven't really heard come up much. Uh, now, to be fair, I haven't listened to all of your episodes of your podcast. So if you've done an episode about betrayal trauma, uh, stop me right now. <laughs> but if you guys haven't talked about it, I'm just kind of curious, like, is it something that you guys don't really run into in high noon? Is that something you guys don't experience? Because mm-hmm. with sexualrelationshiphealing.com, there are many, many groups for to to support the spouses of sex addicts um, that are dealing with betrayal mm. trauma. So, wow. That's really good. Um, that's useful for us to just know that uh, we've not done an episode on betrayal trauma. And I mean, for me, it's, I think it's something that's beyond my ability. I can't really grasp my head around it fully. I, I, I know it's very relevant and it's, it's such an important topic and we do run into it. You know, we have many spouses come to us and that's something we haven't been able to find the right way to deal with yet because it needs a lot of really specific like trained support that uh, we don't have the we don't have no one's come up yet that has that kind of ability to help people through such that really delicate part of someone's life um so just knowing that that kind of thing exists i would it that's really helpful to know that we can point some point people somewhere yeah we do. That's all, that's so all I have to I say about so, it. <laughs> I I uh, was arranging a, a podcast with Debbie Gullery um, because she does focus a lot on that, and we we're going to do a podcast on it. It was just there's no possible way that we could deal with the time differences of me being here in uh, Indonesia, but I'm going back to the states in less than two weeks, so I can start opening up that conversation again, but she, we've referred a bunch of people to her. We did have a support group, um, but it's very humble, very, um, you know, just more like on the level of horizontal sharing. And I think at Mitsui was a part of that, you know, there's like, it's very informal, um, but definitely for, for more serious cases, there's like a group of kind of um, members that are trained and like well-respected by us and also by their track record. Um, who deal with, you know, we tend to deal with people on a spectrum of like seriousness. Uh, if you can imagine a scale of like zero or one to 10 in terms of like the stuff that they deal with on the day to day, we usually focus on no more than like a six, seven is pushing it, eight, nine, you know, this kind of stuff. And that's usually with within a certain lane too of like, you know, pornography and stuff. And then outside of that, we just don't have the capacity to do so yet, but we're working on it. Hmm. High noon's expanding a lot, right? So for now, we've just been referring people, you know, any anything in the betrayal realm, We a, a lot of times we'll send them to somebody like Debbie Gallery, um, hmm. who, she, when she spoke at the first summit, was brought that up. We had our first summit in Vegas like five years ago. She, was, she spoke specifically about that because she's very sensitive to how a man's porn addiction hurts the wife in very deep ways and cuts her down and mm. there's very little discussion or even understanding especially from the man's part it's really hard yeah. to be sensitive to how you're affecting impacting your spouse so um yeah we do need to do uh, do more on that and and thank you for the reminder um yeah uh as far as uh, uh, uh sex relationshiphealing.com being a resource you can point to people to i don't know if the, those groups the groups of women who have been who, who experienced vitriol trauma um, from what I've heard from my wife going to those calls, they're just uh, uh, rage fests. 
<laughs> so they just you get on the call and it's just women um ex- ex- screaming expletives about their their spouse or ex-spouses as loudly as they can uh and other women yeah. um chiming in with them and being like yeah screw him um mm. And she's like, you know, I guess that could be really cathartic for some people that they just, they really need to let that energy out. Um, but uh, she she has not. Sounds like my family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> she has yeah. not. Yeah, okay, uh, got it, appreciate it. Had, had a lot of success in those groups because she just feels like, well, no, no, what I need to do is I need to talk about it because I, mm. I want to stay in my relationship and I and I do love my spouse. And it's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I'm I'm very hurt and very angry, but I don't I don't need to just yell about it. Um, right, sure, yeah, that's good to know. It was just something that she she was like she was like man, I, desperate um, and looking at high noon. It's like oh, there's nothing, and and she's listened to every episode of your podcast, and she's like they never mm-hmm. talk about it. So I promised her I'd bring her up. <laughs> um, that's yes, I promise you, I'll make it happen. Nice, I'm counting that... on count on it. And it's really these are the things that help us keep accountable right it's like we know there's many important areas that we need to to dive into in order to be able to support people um and they're they're hard right and so it's really easy to avoid hard things right so these kind of reminders are really good for us to remember what people are dealing with you know this one like the whole like gender confusion and the whole same-sex attraction realm it's another huge one that comes up all the time that we're figuring out how do we address this topic right mm-hmm. yeah i'm just trying to think out how to define uh how to define betrayal trauma for those who don't know because i'm just throwing that word out there as if you know what it is and if you're yeah. well versed in mm-hmm. in uh pornography addiction and in that whole world or you're, you're familiar with sa and saa mm-hmm. uh then it's going to be like you know uh water off a duck's back kind of thing like, yeah you're very familiar with this this Mm -hmm. term um but yeah i was i was blown away at the negative impacts um of pornography in our relationship because i thought well yeah you know it's bad and it's a sin and um you know it, it it impacts me negatively uh from a health viewpoint but i didn't think that it had pornography had any impact on my mental state i had no idea the profound impact it 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 i had no idea how numb it made me emotionally and how unpresent i was emotionally to my wife mm-hmm. um and so there's that but then also like i had no idea the level of damage that it had for my wife mm-hmm. for my wife um me watching pornography didn't feel like um you know, she was jealous that I was looking at other women or hurt that I was looking at it. for her. It just feels like I cheated on her mm-hmm. um, right. as if I just, I cheated on her with other women and um, it never got any easier. Every time that I would tell her, Hey, I've watched pornography again since, you know, the high noon summit. Um, if, you know, I wasn't able to, if I failed in my, in my sobriety, it, it was never any easier. It never mm-hmm. got like, okay well you're, you're you're making progress i'm just happy that you're honest with me it was mm-hmm. always just heartbreakingly devastating um so betrayal trauma is uh it's it's like a trauma it's like um it's like it's symptomatically it's from what i understand no different than ptsd yeah right? yeah that's, that's what yeah, i'm saying it's right. like, man like it's just it's had this 
this huge impact. And I, I just kind of realized like, man, if, well, you know, like I needed a lot more than just this when I was younger to the knowledge of the impact that it would have. I need a lot more than just that. But um, I just, I, I was so naive to the effects of pornography. I just thought like, oh yeah, you know, I know if you keep watching porn, eventually it can, it can affect you with erectile dysfunction. Um, so that sucks, but that's it. Right. And it's a sin, but you know, so is eating gummy bears, right? Isn't that like a sin? It's like gluttony because you don't need gummy bears. They're not nutritious. So you're just eating for the sake of it. So like, that's a sin, yeah. right? So like, who cares? You know, it's like sin is so across big. The board, across the board, not doing anything because it's a sin is the worst, is the, it's the least helpful reason to give anybody. It, it does not make any difference whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to agree with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do it for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. this this funny song from a comedian. He's like, uh, you know, you shouldn't. Uh, it's like from God talking, and he God's like, you shouldn't uh, rape people. You shouldn't not rape people because it's a commandment. You just shouldn't rape people. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just. A, I do. Yeah. thing to do. You just shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have to write it, write it down as a rule in a book. Like that's part of the problem yeah this is what i heard about this tangent but you know the 10 commandments there's like don't have sex with animals right and and don't don't murder and and it's exactly that point is it's not you know god wasn't giving commandments out of nowhere it's like Mm -hmm. these are very specific things that people need instructions on because otherwise they wouldn't know any better right right it's like because this was the thing this kind of stuff that was going on at the time yeah, so basically, just to to clarify, like what betrayal trauma is for our listeners, for someone I'm just throwing that term around and not saying what it is, and you're kind of <laughs> what, what the hell does that mean? Uh, betrayal trauma is basically when someone you deeply trust and love um, violates your trust and love, either emotionally mm-hmm. or physically. But specifically in this case, we're talking about sexual abuse. Um, and so, where in my relationship, I didn't rape my wife or or anything like that to cause the betrayal trauma but it was the fact that i had been lying to her about our sexuality because mm-hmm. as a couple my sexual purity is our sexual purity you know because we are connected and so if i'm watching pornography and, and masturbating i'm bringing that into our relationship and so she was operating with me sexually under the um idea that we were mutually exclusive and it, for me to be Ex- exclusive with her and online is not exclusive and so mm. that's where that betrayal trauma really deeply came from and Makes um, sense. yeah you know she has nightmares of me cheating on her and uh, or, or watching pornography she you know has just i'll say something that'll trigger her and and remind her of the fact that you know I, i'm a porn user and it just it just ruins the moment. It just, it can kill anything. It, it can send her into yeah. tears or whatever. So it's, it's a really serious thing. It's even now? Like, oh yeah. Even, even now it's, of course we've grown a lot because mm-hmm. we both go to therapy and um, you know, we, we've, we've learned so much to the point that now we're helping other people, but it's still something that it's, it's certainly not as profound uh as a negative impact but it still definitely has a negative impact you know if um if we're 
close if we're getting close romantically and i were to say or do something that triggered her then we were no longer getting close romantically in that moment <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's it yeah. it's over so mm-hmm. um yeah it it's just and then the impacts on me as a as an individual with pornography um once i was able to get sober i got 90 days of sobriety um and it was like once i got those 90 days it was like the fog parted and i was able to see who i was and i was able to see my wife and i was able to connect with her and empathize with her in a way that i never was able to do prior um, and it just blew my mind. I was like, I had no idea that this was who I was because I've spent all this time numb and in the fog um, mm. and kind of impersonating someone who loves someone rather than being someone who loves someone. Um, it was like I was, it was like I was a caricature of Jason rather than actually <laughs> Jason. You know, mm. like, yeah, all the parts are there, but it's way overblown and not real. Mm. And, you know so it's so much more than just masturbating and looking at pixels on a on a screen it has to do with what it does for you and you know uh it th- this addiction well pornography can be one of the most um difficult to get away from mm. and this can manifest in anything any kind of escapism behavior um whether it be gambling or video games or um excessive manga manga reading or whatever (laughs) it doesn't have to be uh pornography but it's just pornography um hijacks your brain in a way that is unique uh Mm -hmm. kind of like kind of like a drug in a sense so you know the way that you talk about your wife's experience that really speaks to how much you've also that you've grown someone that's totally immersed in porn is too numb to recognize the effect that, has another, that it has on another person like that. And that you actually can begin to empathize with her and be patient with her. And that's so frustrating, right? That you're getting intimate and you're expecting having like a nice sexual experience together and it just have it suddenly get cut off. That's, you know, that could be very challenging. Right. And mm. um, anyway, I just, I wanted to, yeah. to acknowledge mm. that, right. That just your ability to recognize from her perspective and, and how it's affected her it's yeah it, t- it takes a lot to be able to, to do that hmm. <laughs> it's, for me it just feels like a little t- a little a little too little too late <laughs> you know it's like yeah yeah i uh, i i totally see what you're saying but oh hmm. man oh man it's just i just yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sammy so i guess um last question for today would be are there any positive effects or positive impacts of porn at all well i mean do you want to be like do you want to be do you want to i can okay we're diving into a dumpster so do you want me to say it's a dumpster <laughs> or do, do you want me to find the one french fry that's edible right like, <laughs> yeah i can find a french fry for you if you want i guess i guess right? more <laughs> more accurately is what are the positive impacts that you've experienced because of porn kind of in the sense that you know, um, I had used all kinds of things to numb out. Uh, I mm-hmm. used food. I used uh, video games extensively. I put, played World of Warcraft for seven years. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I, um, you know, I, I would watch TV. I binge watch TV constantly. These are all ways that I, I also used to escape 
um, from intimacy, but none of those things would have had the impact that it had on my relationship negatively. Um, mm-hmm. And so in a weird way, I'm kind of grateful because, because my wife was really the flag, the, the cap, my wife has really been the captain guiding our recovery together, like our healing as a, as a couple. Um, she was the one who found sex and relationship healing.com. Um, she was the one who, who supported me to get a therapist. Um, she was, she was the one who, who brought me to high noon. I, I would not have gone to high noon. I had work that day and I had no desire to drive to New Jersey, especially mm-hmm. even if I had gotten the time off right on coincidentally or whatever, I still had no desire to get in my car and drive three and a half hours to, to New Jersey mm-hmm. to go to some church program. Like I, mm-hmm. No, thank oh, yeah. you. I would so much rather stay home and play video games or sleep or eat or whatever, right? So um, <laughs> it's, it's it was totally my wife that, that got us to recovery, that got me to, re- to recover, but not just to get me away from pornography and masturbation, but to get me back to connection with myself and others. Because of course I want intimacy um, and the addiction doesn't allow me to connect with myself and others to, to create that intimacy. And so in a strange way, had I never been introduced pornography, I think that my relationship wouldn't have the, the toxic effects that it's had. And, you know, the, the, we, we wouldn't have that betrayal trauma. And um, I, I think I would be a lot more mature sexually, um, but I still would have had an in, in, intimacy disorder that just would have gone unnoticed um, mm. for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. Um and could have manifested in other ways that are potentially worse than just a pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well put. The and that's the only kind of silver lining I think you can take from porn. There's, there's yet I've still not heard any convincing argument for why someone should actively choose to gain in, to engage in porn right. or whatever for whatever positive benefit that they might get. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see any. Mm. That makes sense. I mean, it is a very, it was, it, I mean, it wasn't made for good purposes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So makes sense that there's just maybe a, like even maybe a silver lining, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if I, if you want to get like really smart about it, um, probably every time you ejaculate, it changes the, the sperm that gets into your wife's womb, right? And so it's mm-hmm. gonna, it's a completely different baby. So if I didn't ejaculate all the ejaculate all those times with porn, right. then I wouldn't have my daughter, wouldn't have my son, right? So it's like <laughs> they would, they'd be different kids. So I mean, right? You'd be, I mean, you'd they, be I scraping the bottom of the barrel for that one, but yeah. Well, well yeah, yeah. I mean, like there would have been other kids. I would have loved them, right? But <laughs> yeah, potentially better children. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, you get into the whole theory of um, what multiple universes. Right. And- yeah. It's like. Different yeah. timelines and what whatnot. Right. Uh, Sammy, where can people find you uh, if they want to reach out to you? Uh, it, what's the best way? Or maybe not just to reach out to you, but where can people follow you on the interwebs? Me personally, Facebook, Sammy Uyama. I'm the only <laughs> one on the entire internet. It's really easy <laughs> to find. Um, you can't really follow me anywhere. I I barely post anything. It took me... <laughs> It took us like it took us like seven months to announce that my wife was pregnant. Wow! Right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we really we're really behind the times and everything. Um, 
So I don't have anything interesting I post anywhere. Uh, but if you want to contact me and ask me something, yeah, Facebook is great. Send me a message mm -hmm. and I respond, right? I mean, like just, you could just send me a message with your question. It's right. I get, I get message. They're like, hi, or they send this like wavy hand thing. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous, right? It's like, <laughs> if, if you want to talk to me, then you could just go and say what you want to talk about. And I'm happy to respond. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, um, if people want to learn more about high noon, where, where can they find that kind of information? Highnoon.org. Uh, and I mean, all the, everything I do, it's through high noon, right? So my okay. name is not on a lot of stuff, but uh, my fingerprints are in, are in a lot of things that have to do with high noon. Perfect. Uh, and do you have a, do you have a podcast you're part of? I think uh, I think can we mentioned it a few times already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, What's the name of your um, podcast. Yeah, so I assume if you're listening to this, you're into podcasts, and uh, you can check out <laughs> ours. It's uh, Love Life Legacy. It's a show about sex. Um, me and Andrew, we host it every week. We have yep. a lot of fun. Yep, you can find it on their Spotify too. So yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're website, on Spotify already. You can find out everything we do. You can find our website. Right. Um, and yeah, we, we post where, wherever people listen to podcasts. And if you're on iTunes, God damn it, leave a review. It's so hard to get, it's so hard to get <laughs> reviews from people on iTunes. So leave a review for us. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, well, thank you very much uh, for your time, Sammy and Andrew, who's left us early, but nonetheless. All right. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Sammy Uyama and Andrew Love about High Noon and their battle against porn. If you guys like what you've heard, don't forget to interact with us on our Discord, linked below, or our Instagram at luna.stream. Feel free to leave comments, criticisms, or just drop in and say hello. Also, let us know if you want to hear a particular person be on the show as well. We gladly welcome any suggestions and inputs by our audience, so don't be shy. You can contact us at lunastreampodcast at gmail.com. And Lunastream is available on all the major platforms. You can find podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, and much, much more. So don't forget to tune into the newest episodes. Give us a follow, share it with your friends, and we hope to see you next episode. Adieu.